How is it going, everyone? Hope your day is going great. I welcome you to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. Before we get into today's episode, I had a quick question for you. If you're listening, have you ever been an investor anywhere? Have you ever put money into an entity to, and with an expectation of a return? Hmm? Some of you, not all of you. Well, now is your chance. You can be an angel investor in Forward Thinking Founders. The podcast. And no, you don't got to be an accredited investor. All you need is $10 a month or $100 a year. Now, what does this get you? What's your ROI? Well, it gets you a ton. First of all, you don't have to listen to me pitch you this every single episode. So you bypass all ads and all future sponsorships. You get premium content as you get the full episode of every single episode that comes out, as many of them are kind of blocked halfway through. You get access to our online community where you get to see access to the episodes sometimes days before or weeks before they hit the uh, before they hit the internet. And lastly, you get access to our in-person meetups, which we are having the first one in San Francisco in late January. So if all of that sounds groovy and you want to help out a fellow creator, which is me, and help me kind of invest into this podcast to make it better, then please become an angel investor in forward-thinking founders. How do you do it? You can find our terms and our, our sheet and all of our documentation at glow.fm slash F20R. That's glow.fm slash F20R is best done on mobile and i look forward to having you as a supporter now let's get into today's episode run it all right how is it going everyone welcome to another episode of forward thinking founders where we're talking to founders about their companies their visions for the future and how the two collide today i'm very excited to be talking to andy belinsky who is the creator of lensable Andy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Matt. Yeah, thank you. yeah, I'm happy to have you on. Excited to learn more about what you're working on, and I'm sure everyone listening is also excited. And you know, with that, let's kind of dive into it. Can you tell us a little bit about Lensable? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Lensable is kind of a unique uh, company in the vision care space online. Um, we launched early part of 2017, uh, kind of stemming from a previous eyewear business that. My co-founder and I had uh, where we sold frames with prescription lenses direct to consumer, um, but really decided to launch Lensable as a kind of new solution for pain points we found in purchasing prescription lenses just in general. Um, the prescription lens is a standalone product, so most people think about it, it goes into a frame, of course, so with the emergence of Warby Parker and a lot of the D2C frame companies, uh, people kind of think of them as one and the same, but really the prescription lens has a its own supply chain, its own set of features and pricing and things of that nature, and um, you know, we saw an opportunity to offer a new solution where customers who had frames that they loved, regardless of what brand, um, or purchased new frames, uh, needed a solution to affordably and in many cases more conveniently get the prescription lenses they needed into those frames. Um, and so Lensable at its core is an online lens replacement service, um, primarily replacing lenses in existing frames, new or old, you know, vintage or oddly shaped, 
Uh, we replace lenses, you know, primarily in Oakley's and Ray-Bans and Warby Parker's and really lots of well-known brands, but even frames from brands that are not well-known to things like over-the-counter readers. Um, and we can put really any prescription in those frames to the extent that they are prescriptable. Uh, we offer really the widest variety of prescription lens options on online or, or really even offline. Um, so, so everything from clear lenses to blue light blocking, tinted lenses and a whole bunch of different colors and shades and gradients to the extent you want to customize the aesthetic look of your, of your lenses. Uh, we even offer those really cool transitions, which are dark outdoors and then become lighter indoors. Uh, and we can handle prescriptions of any strength. So even the lightest prescriptions all the way to, uh, you know, some prescriptions that make it really, really even difficult to see. So uh, we can kind of handle everything. The uh, way that our process works is we have a pretty easy to understand set of options on, on the website. Uh, you kind of go through your configuring your lenses. You have a option to upload a copy of your prescription. So we still do uh, require a prescription to be uh, submitted in order to make your lenses properly. Um, we then will either send the customers a box uh, or they can request to print a shipping label that we email. So shipping is always included. Um, and we require, require you to have to send your frames into our lab. So we have a lab facility, an optical lab that uh, actually makes the lenses, installs them for you based here in Los Angeles. So all of our lens work is done um, here in the States, which is great and a little bit different than, you know, some of the frame and lens companies that you might come into contact with. Um, and then really the process from there is simple. Uh, once the frames arrive at the lab, we make the lenses based on the prescription specs that you've submitted. Uh, within a few days, the lenses are completed, they are installed into the frames, and then we will send you back directly to your home, uh, a package with your frames, with the new lenses, your original lenses sent back, and a really cool cleaning kit and a case. And really the experience is one that you kind of feel like you got a new pair of frames. Um, our lenses are super high quality. We work with Essilor, which is the largest lens manufacturing business in the world. Um, so it's a really premium set of lenses that includes all the coatings and additional features that, you know, traditional retailers usually upsell you on and we include those for free. Um, and so the idea is really that you are able to get a brand new set of lenses without having to leave home for a price that is, you know, upwards of 60 plus percent less expensive than a traditional optometrist or retail store might charge you if they were even willing to run that service for you, which most are, are not. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's really the core business. It's evolved a little bit over the past few years, which I'd love to, to discuss, but uh, core business, online lens replacement for any frames. All right. Well, that's awesome. I have never worn glasses before myself, so I am curious to learn about what have people like this. This seems like like an awesome product and something that fills a need. I'm curious. Before that, this existed, did people need to get brand new glasses every time they had something wrong with one of their lenses or one of their frames, or what did people yeah. do before this? It's a great question, um, and you know, so just a little bit of detail maybe on kind of how, you know, vision correction works for most individuals. Um, you are recommended uh, to get the, a health check of your eyes on an annual basis. Um, that does not necessarily mean that your prescription will change on an annual basis, but uh, depending on your age, average prescription change for someone with corrective vision is usually between 12 and 24 months. Um, the kind of healthier your eyes are, the less frequently it changes, the maybe older you get or the more access to blue light and things like that that do kind of expedite eye deterioration um, require, you know, an update in prescription every year or so. 
Um, so previously, when your prescription would change, or you would scratch or crack a lens, or you'd buy a new frame from, let's call it a department store or online, like off Amazon or eBay, or you know, even at a little boutique in a different country or something of that nature, you really would have very limited options. Um, you know, lens replacement, while there is nothing hindering an existing optometrist or a retail store to replace lenses in an existing frame, they are usually uh, a little bit uh, kind of shy of doing that for a few reasons which make sense. And that's, you know, when they're using your product that you've purchased elsewhere, it might be brittle, right? It might be a little vintage or old and have risk of breakage when it goes through the lens replacement process because the frame actually gets placed through a variety of different machines and things of that nature. Um, and so there is risk on the doctor or the retail store's part of accepting that frame. So they really don't like to do it. Um, you know, the Costco's of the world, the target opticals of the world often have policies either fully against doing it or charging you a large fee um, or a release of liability, that type of thing. So while there are options for you to have brought your frame to a, you know, optician or optometrist, um, they might end up accepting a lens replacement order, but they would never market it. They really do their best to kind of upsell you into a new frame um, because, again, they make more money that way. It relieves them of risk on your existing frame breaking or getting damaged. Um, and so the, the long answer to your short question was, you know, really individual customers didn't have a great solution for this. Um, it's not a business or a market that really existed before, although the desire for this kind of purchase behavior did exist. And that was really what we garnered and, and started to understand from customers in our previous uh, frame business, right, where we would sell prescription as an add-on service on top of the frames that we were selling them. And once they got the lenses back from us, they were, you know, wildly uh, happily surprised and you know would then reach out and say well I actually have a Ray-Ban frame or Warby Parker frame or a vintage frame I bought at a garage sale like can I send them to you for lenses and while initially we, we kind of you know said no to those requests because we were trying to build a, a frame brand uh, the requests kind of just kept coming and it seemed like there was something there and the output of uh, you know that experience and us kind of doing further research in the industry um, really led it to itself to Lensable and, and you know kind of building a standalone, uh, singularly focused on lens only business um, that could be a supplement to every frame brand, regardless, um, you know, of, of what the frame was. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's really kind of how it worked before. Yeah, that's an interesting insight into, into what happens when industries get kind of not, not passive, but the, kind of ripe for disruption. Then you have something like you come in and build something that that pleases all of the uh, all of the everyone on the market. So that's awesome. I'd love to hear uh, a little bit on you know what what is the biggest reason why you wanted to start this? Um, unless the answer is as simple as it was a big problem and you wanted to solve it. But uh, like, kind of, what was the inspiration behind it? And then I'd love to hear. Um, you know, you already lightly mentioned you have some plans moving forward. Like, wh what direction are you headed in uh, with this? And kind of, what's the what's the grand vision? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I would say kind of why we got into this. I mean, you know, at heart and in my experience, I'm a serial entrepreneur. So, um, you know, starting new businesses, disruptive businesses uh, based off of, you know, what I deem existing needs or my, my partners and I have deemed existing needs and um, spaces that are, you know, have a, have a large TAM, right, and, and affect a lot of people. Um, and vision is an incredibly important, you know, piece of uh, about a quarter billion Americans' lives. Um, and so making 
access to greater vision, accessible, affordable, convenient, et cetera, was, was definitely a goal of ours. Um, you know, I think primarily how we kind of came up with this idea was what, what I just described before and what we noticed from our previous eyewear brand and kind of customers, uh, you know, pain points that they were communicating to us. Um, I've always been of the, of the nature where, you know, individually we can all have great ideas, but they may be great to us and may not necessarily have uh, utilization to uh, you know a large enough audience that uh, is worth kind of spending time building a, a large business around. Um, but when you can actually gain market research and, and speak to consumers and really understand what pain points do exist, I think it allows you to have a much better foundation of building a new business, um, you know, than, than kind of throwing darts at a, at a dartboard um, in the alternative example. And so, you know, it was really uh, a, you know, kind of a disruptive opportunity that did not exist um, based off of communication from individual customers in a previous business. And I would say um, both my co-founder and I were at a point in our careers where uh, we really were looking at a opportunity that we thought could be significant um, that affected a not only a huge number of Americans, but a huge number of, of people worldwide and could be um, kind of a, a global business. Uh, and so really all of those factors came together and led us to, to start Lensable. Um, and, and really just kind of building off of that, as uh, you asked about kind of where our plans are. So, yeah. Um, you know, core, the core of the business today is lens replacement. Uh, if you come to lensable.com, that is our core product. We actually have moved into some additional categories, um, but really from, and I'll describe them, but really from day one, while lens replacement was something that nobody else was doing and definitely an opportunity we saw, you know, our ability to make a, a statement in, um, you know, there are other products in vision care uh, that are, you know, purchased by those same consumers. So the same consumers that purchase lenses, of course, also purchase frames, right? Because it's a requirement to how to put lenses in, right? It's got to be in a frame. And then those are also, in many cases, contact lens wearers. Um, and so both of those categories uh, were already things we had been thinking about. We obviously came from the frame world, um, but knowing that, uh, you know, we replacing lenses and frames is not a recurring purchase, right? It's not a purchase that customers are going to make necessarily even twice a year, let alone three or four or five times. And, you know, that is not necessarily an easy category to go into in a direct-to-consumer business because a lot of what you're able to build a business off of is long lifetime value and, and large margin off of, uh, you know, what might be infrequent purchases. And so in, all, in order to really extract more value out of customers, but at the same time, providing convenience and value to customers, we always had the idea of getting into other categories. And so the first of those uh, other categories was frames. Um, and so about two months ago, we launched uh, a Lensable frame brand, which is, you know, really cool, high-end, I would say Warby Parker-esque uh, aesthetic looking frames with prescription lenses for a bundled, a really affordable bundled price. So our prices start at $77. They include blue light protection for free, high quality polycarbonate lenses with anti-reflective coating. I mean, really all the bells and whistles that you'd get at a, in a Warby Parker product for a price that's uh, about 30% less expensive um, with an, you know, with our, it, our lens selecting tool, which has far more lens select, uh, options than, you know, a Warby or some of the competitors um, tied in. And so customers now can purchase really high quality frames from us for a really affordable price. And 
for one, you know, that is nice when customers are looking for new frames, but, but secondarily, and one of the biggest pain points we had was customers who had a frame that they wanted to send in for lens replacement wouldn't always have a backup. Um, and of course, you can't be without your frames if you send them in. And so we previously didn't really have a way to support those customers. Um, and so now, by, because we do offer frames, we can actually work with those customers to have them you know, purchase a, an affordable frame that we can make and send to them within a few business days uh, so that they can have a backup while they send in their uh, you know, existing frame to us. So um, it's really been a nice tie-in to our platform and kind of giving us you know, more, more value, more share of mind in customers' minds of you know, things that they can do with us. Um, and then, so that, so that is live now, uh, lensable.com uh, homepage. You can click to, to see our frame line. It's called everyday eyewear. We offer a sunglass line. We have, uh, something called a night glasses line, which have lenses in them that are lightly orange tinted, um, that are actually used to kind of block blue light that is coming into your eyes late at night from TVs and phone screens, et cetera, um, which usually hinder your ability to fall into a deeper sleep. And so these night lenses are recommended to uh, essentially expedite and kind of speed up the melatonin secretion in your, uh, in your brain, which will allow you to then fall asleep faster and deeper. Um, so definitely check, check out our new frame line. Lots of cool options there. Um, so early part of next year, uh, we will be launching a, contacts lens, a contact lens business. Uh, very similar to what you might see on a 1-800 contacts or some of the other um, multi-brand contact lens retailers online. Uh, and this is just our way of being able to support our existing customers and, of course, new customers and kind of becoming a one-stop shop for all things vision care product. Um, you know, we know that while that is kind of what an optometrist, you know, is, is there to offer you, right? And they have much more value, right? Comprehensive health checks, things of that nature. And we always recommend customers go to you know a doctor at least once a year to, to get their eyes checked but um, we want to be a solution for affordability and for convenience in your life and you know the idea of having to buy frames at Warby Parker and contacts at 1-800 contacts and replace lenses at Lensable is doable and for modern shoppers you know they're used to purchasing products online from lots of different vendors but we really saw the ability to kind of uh, consolidate the three and centralize our platform, which into, you know existing customers really, really love and trust us to offer really high quality products to not only be their lens supplier, but to be their frame supplier and to be their contact lens supplier. And by purchasing all of those products from us, be able to offer it to customers at a far greater value than you're getting elsewhere or as you get when you purchase from, you know, individual vendors. Um, so kind of looking forward to the early part of next year, you know, think of Lensable as a one-stop shop for all things vision care products online, uh, super affordable, super high quality. And uh, yeah, that's kind of where things are going. Yeah, for sure. You definitely have a, a well thought out plan, which, which is awesome. I'd love to learn a little bit as you've been building Lensable, what's been one of the biggest things that you've learned along the way that you maybe didn't expect uh, to learn? Yeah, uh, well, for one, you know, direct-to-consumer businesses are, are not easy. Um, uh, not that we expected it to be easy, but, you know, when you are dealing with customers and um, specifically dealing with, you know, vision, which is such an important 
thing for individuals who have vision correction. Um, I think, you know, there's a, an idea of building a really great company and a great brand, but, you know, the actual operation of it, it's a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week operation. Um, and I would say, you know, customer service is key and core. Uh, you need to be essentially on at all times. And, and not only that, but I'd say the next thing that we learned is that it really is not about, you know, our, my vision or my co-founder's vision. It's really about the team that we've assembled and the buy-in that they've had to support, you know, this vision that we've created um, and, and to, to be excited about it every day and to serve our customers in the best way possible. Um, because it really does require a cohesive, vision and buy-in and you know that is something that i think until you actually get into your business is really hard to hard to project out and hard to to know and really the the, the individuals the team members that you that bring on board to to work with you on a day-to-day -day basis uh, are incredibly important and so i think it's just being a first time you know truly kind of a first time venture backed founder um, i would say that you know core team is is really the the number one most important piece um, I would say the caveat to that is uh, going through kind of a venture fundraising process. Um, there's really no no basis for that. No no kind of schooling that you can take to to learn you know to, to learn about it, sure, but to actually experience it. And you know, business costs money. Um, it really it's you know while you wish that on day one your business could be profitable um there oftentimes that is not going to be doable and it is important that you have uh you know capital to be able to continue to build your company and invest in areas that uh you know might not see immediate result but are for a longer term good and so um i think kind of just both of those things and understanding the importance of of both uh, is important Definitely. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think the the team point is something that I think everyone thinks they know, you know, they, they think they know it until they're in the thick of it. And then they realize they, they should have hired that person and they didn't, or they shouldn't have hired that person and they did. And it's just kind of, you know, just pe people props. Um, well, cool. Well, I would love to go a little bit away from what you're working on and just dive a little deeper into just your brain and what you spend your time thinking about as a founder when you're not working on your company. So are there any problems or technologies or startups out there in the world that just interest you that you might spend a little time thinking about that pique your interest that you'd, you'd be open to sharing? Yeah, you know, I would say, uh, and uh, you know, this may be relevant to founders and maybe not so exciting to hear for uh, non-founders who are kind of listening in, but I would say, you know, uh, my, my brain unfortunately has very little time to, to think about much outside of the business as we are in kind of a hyper growth mode. And, you know, it does take uh, a ton of mental capacity and time. Um, and so I, even when not in the office and not working, I'm definitely thinking about things related to our business. Um, you know, I, I would say to that end, though, the incredibly important aspect of my life is keeping, you know, kind of mental sanity and, and kind of staying grounded and being able to, to disconnect from time to time. So, you know, I think there's, you know, wellness as a uh, industry, and it can mean a ton of things, um, is incredibly interesting to me. Uh, a lot of app-based or kind of mobile-related uh, wellness coaching and wellness uh, guidance and things like that um, is, is where, you know, I'm finding I spend a lot of my off work time, if you will. Um, 
and so, you know, there, uh, I'm a big headspace user. Um, and so, you know, meditation has become an incredibly important part. Um, just even the 15 or 20 minutes, uh, every other day that I spend, uh, kind of doing guided, guided meditation through the headspace app. Um, I've also used the breeze and the calm app. So there's definitely a few out there that are, are really interesting to me, but, um, you know, I think that and kind of the ability to now kind of have guided uh, workouts and fitness training. Um, so things like mirror and tonal um, become really important to me as um, I would say the mental and physical kind of progress of, or fitness, if you will, um, is what I'm, you know, kind of uh, spending my time outside of the office thinking about and or participating in. Got it. Yeah, that, make, that makes a lot of sense. And to, uh, to kind of... Uh, kind of wrap it up a little bit. I, I have two two final questions for you. Um, the second to last question is one that I, uh, I don't think I've ever actually asked before, but it just kind of popped into my head. So I'm going to ask it. Sure. What are some softwares or more so products that you use um, for your company or just for your life that you cannot live without? What are your go-to favorite products it could be apps, they could be physical products, but kind of, yeah, what are your favorite products that you use on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah, I got to say, uh, this might be a generic one, but the Apple AirPods are my life. Um, I, I don't even recall at this point how I lived without them. Um, I mean, I guess there were headphones and ones with cords before, but I, I, you know, I'm on the phone, on calls all day long. I am mobile many, many, you know, hours throughout the day. And uh, the ability to be able to handle those, I don't think I take them out of my ears on a, you know, for, for many hours a day. But then also when I do want to zone out and listen to music and, and kind of be able to be in my own zone in the office, uh, they're incredibly helpful and important there too. So, um, you know, that I would say is uh, something that I'm pretty, you know, from a product perspective, I think I couldn't possibly live without. I have to ask, have you tried out the AirPods Pro or I however they pass yet. I have okay. been recommended. I hear great things. Uh, I haven't quite taken the dive yet to invest in, you know, what seems to me like something that I already have, although I do hear there are lots of, lots of benefits and features to it. Um, so I, I surely uh, will be doing that soon. I would say there is a, a second uh, one that's coming to mind just as we talk. Yeah. Um, it's more of a software, uh, less of a physical product. But, um, you know, in, in an e-commerce business, uh, probably the number one, you know, thing to figure out is how once customers interact with your site, where are they, you know, not finding success? Where are they falling off? Where uh, are you hindering them from getting to the eventual goal, which is making a purchase? And there's actually a couple technologies um, that, that maybe record is the wrong term, but that give you insight into where customers are finding problems or, or falling off. And one that we use is uh, a software called Full Story. Um, I spelled just the way that it sounds. And you're able to essentially take snapshots of customer sessions on your site on different pages and be able to, you know, kind of see if there were issues in the code base that are disabling them from moving forward. If there uh, is a button that's not working, if there, you know, is something that's being shown to them that, uh, you know, they just always click off of because they didn't like it or it doesn't, you know, it really gives you almost uh, as good of insights as you possibly could get other than speaking to 
each customer, you know, over the phone, which obviously wouldn't be possible um, at this stage. But uh, although we do still try to do that when we can, but yeah, full story. Um, and there's a couple others that, that do some similar stuff. I can't recall the, the names, but yeah, definitely one that uh, is kind of like, uh, you know, a, a go-to on a many times a day basis for us. Got it. Yeah. Huh. I, so it's full story, like a, so it's, it's similar to just a, an analytics tracking platform. I haven't, I haven't used that before, but I actually have, have not thrilled with our current one. So I might, I might take a look and see. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I might convert. It's, it's a little bit more than just analytics tracking. Uh, if you are kind of thinking of, you know, Google Analytics to be an analytics tracking system, which again is also like a Bible to us, and we are looking at all day long, on, you know, how many customers are on the site and where they are coming right, from. Right, right. But Full Story actually gives you a, uh, you know, a, a video recorded snapshot of an individual customer session. Um, and so they, you can only see your site, you can only see that specific page that you're recording, but uh, if a customer, you know, will send a customer service inquiry, uh, you know, I clicked place order and nothing happened, right? You can, for example, you can then search that customer's session, you can actually watch their movements on the screen, right, on that page from a few minutes before or an hour before or whatever it is, and then you can actually see uh, when they go ahead and attempt to click the place order button, there's a set of developer tools that will identify what the issue in the JavaScript or the code oh, base wow. may have been. Yeah, so it's actually cool. quite a bit more, um, you know, uh, yeah. full, full service, uh, full story. Than, than, the full story. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So I'd say that's definitely a cool one. Uh, you know, any e-commerce uh, listeners out there, that are looking for deeper insights into drop off and conversion funnel optimization and things like that. Uh, highly recommended and relatively affordable. Well, that's good. I will, I will check it out after we hop off of the pod. Uh, and my last question for you is, you know, you are building a company, you're, you're serving a niche, you're solving a problem. And there are a lot of people that are listening and have a problem they want to solve. They, they want to build a product, but they don't actually know, the best first step on how to get in there and get started. What advice would you have for these people who want to break in but don't necessarily know the first step of how to do that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, super glad to always uh, talk about you know our story um, and happy to be of a you know resource uh, for anybody out there listening and you know who's looking to to get started or um, you know has started something and is running into trouble. Um, always happy to, to kind of share our our version of it. Yeah, absolutely. If you if you want, I'd love to get the one minute long snapshot now, and then if someone's listening and they are intrigued to hear the whole story, they can reach out to you after. Are you cool with that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So just on kind of how what, how we got started and and how you know we're progressing. And just like, like the like the first, I think what would be interesting would be like the first. 30 days that you started this company, how did you, like, how did you just get it off the ground? Like your first customer, your first vendor, how, how did you, how did you find them? Cause I think it, for a lot of people, it just starts with one customer, right? Yeah. And, and we have a very uh, unique story, um, but a, but a funny one. Uh, 
So we launched literally January 2nd of 2017. Uh, we had raised a little bit of friends and family capital before, but most of it was spent and there really wasn't much of a marketing budget. Um, we were able to find a friend who had previously worked in PR and was willing to utilize some of their contacts or at least reach out on our behalf to see if there was any local news that was interested in talking about, you know, talking about us. And Unfortunately, at the very beginning stages, that becomes a little bit difficult, uh, especially when you don't have any money to kind of throw towards it. But we actually were able to set up a conversation with um, a reporter uh, that worked for ABC that did a tech news segment. I um, mean, they were a local San Francisco uh, ABC affiliate. Um, you know, it was termed to us that it was going to be a Skype call and it was not live or anything like that on the air. Um, and we were going to talk to them. And if they thought that what we were doing was interesting, you know, they'd potentially think about a, a story. And, and really, we were spending a little bit of Facebook advertising, a little bit of Google, but we weren't really getting many people to the site at that point and you know orders were not coming through um, the way that we had hoped so uh, things were looking a little dire and we did this Skype interview um, and really you know three or four days after that uh, so about a week after we actually launched the site um, one night we were getting notifications on our phones if a new customer uh, signed up with their email or that they actually made a purchase um, and it was pretty, you know, sparingly over the first six or seven days. But out of nowhere, uh, you know, a week or so in, we just started getting notification after notification after notification. And we, you know, we started to get excited, except we thought maybe it was fraud or, you know, maybe there was something broken with the website that was now we had gotten all these orders and it was just sending them through now. Um, basically, that Skype interview uh, ended up getting published uh, on the news on I think it was the ABC News at 6 p.m. tech segment in, in local San Francisco uh, ABC affiliate. And that happened. So we were on TV. Um, it quickly got picked up by the Jacksonville affiliate. It then got picked up by the South Dakota affiliate. And next thing you knew, overnight, we had done more business, uh, you know, than in one night than we did in the previous week. Um, and that was really like kind of the kickoff to us now feeling like we had something and a service that people did you know, or at least we're interested in and, and would click to the site on and then actually convert. Um, so I'd say, you know, there's the traditional marketing avenues, um, like the traditional paid spend avenues. But uh, I think it really becomes, you know, can you get something unique if it's one individual customer who has a network, um, if it's an influencer that can tell people it's really that domino effect. Uh, and ours was in the form of a TV segment that, you know, is just incredibly fortunate. Um, but, but, you know, fortunate to, to have uh, had that and, and kind of let it spiral into, you know, some more recurring business that us to move forward. All right. That's a, that's a great story. So if anyone wants to learn more about what you're working on uh, or become a customer or learn more about you, where can they find you on the internet? Absolutely. Uh, so our website is www.lensable.com. Uh, there is a promo code on the site for first-time customers. So if you're looking for new lenses for existing frames or you're looking for a new frame uh, for a real affordable price, you know, come check us out. And we'd love to uh, have you as a customer and into the Lensable world. All right. Well, thank you so much, Andrew, for, for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh, I learned a lot about a market that I really didn't know anything about and uh, enjoy the conversation. So thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Really appreciate the time.